Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Bucks dodge a major injury, but things aren't all good over at One Buck Place. We'll give you the latest on the Jameis Winston injury news. What's wrong with another first-round draft pick? And we'll look back a little more at Sunday's nightmare in Arizona. Plus, we'll catch you up on the latest in the NFL. And the Lightning opened up a road trip Monday night in Detroit. All that on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for subscribing. If you haven't, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast, iTunes, Google Play, wherever. You can also listen to us at tampabay.com and on SoundCloud. And Rick, as I mentioned, right at the very top, the Bucks have dodged a what looks like the, could have been a major injury. Yeah, James had an MRI this morning, and uh, he's got a sprained AC joint, and uh, so he'll be day-to-day for right now. He No, no structural damage, uh, so x-rays were negative, had the MRI, and, uh, you know, he's sore, and he's, you know, he, he's, he's sore most weeks, but He's sore, and, you know, of course, it's just throwing shoulder. So we'll just have to see how it goes uh, during the week. You were at One Buck Place on Monday. So are they breathing a sigh of relief? Tell us the latest on what's going on with Jameis Winston. Oh, it's a huge sigh of relief. I mean, you know, when we saw Jameis Winston come out of a game and it's a shoulder injury, you know, even though he was confident that he would be back, you, you just never know with those things. So they had an MRI. It turns out that, you know, he has a kind of a mild sprain, AC joint, nothing that will keep him out long-term. And, in fact, he's going to try to play this week. But, I, you know, he's not going to throw the ball till later in the week. They're going to shut him down. He'll, he'll be out there for, you know, for some running drills and things like that. But the fact that you have not lost Jameis Winston for an extended period of time and that they're saying he could – he's medically cleared to play against right. Buffalo on Sunday. But it's a question of just, you know, can he – throw the ball with velocity, that sort of thing. So I think that the Bucks are very relieved that he can play. Yeah, this could have been a four to six week. It could have been out for the season. We'll get into Aaron Rodgers here in just a little bit. Uh, it could have been all of those things. And I think it's real important here to mention too, Rick, I know that they're talking about, well, if he could, it's a pain thing. I know you guys talked to Dirk Cutter and you asked him a lot about, is it just a pain management thing? I think it's not so much like a for Jameis, no one's going to question his toughness whether he can play with pain, as you just mentioned, it's going to be whether or not he can put a zip on a ball. If he can throw the ball 40 yards downfield, or is it just going to fling out of his hand and, 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 you know, look like a wounded duck going down the field. I would be surprised, Rick, based on what I saw Sunday, if he plays next Sunday. And I, I'm just, it's just a gut feeling on my part. I don't know that he won't play. And I know it's, we're, we're, we're recording this podcast late Monday night we have six days until they have to play again. A lot of things can happen in six days, but I would not be totally stunned if Ryan Fitzpatrick played next Sunday. No. And he's going to get all the reps. I mean, that's the thing. They're going to prepare him to play. And that means you adjust your offense a little bit towards Fitzpatrick. But I think, you know, Winston's supposed to throw later in the week and he's a tough guy. He's a guy that wants to play. And, you know, in talking to some of the players, they're like, we'll be surprised if he doesn't go out there. 
Mm-hmm. But he's never been in this situation where, you know, you don't practice. And, we, you know, Jameis is a guy that takes all the reps. He doesn't want any reps off. So now you're talking about not throwing until Friday. Let's say his velocity is good. Well, you know, with, with really no reps, are you going to go out there on Sunday and be productive? And, and, and the one thing Dirk Cutter said today, which kind of struck a chord with me, was... Obviously, the number one thing in all of this is... Uh, that James's long-term health has to be the number one thing. So even though they're saying he can't do more damage to it, I still think that they have to keep in mind that this is their franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know whether they think they can beat the Bills or win one game with Fitzpatrick, but I do know that they have to keep in mind that, you know, Jameis, you know, has to be available not not just for the Buffalo game, but for the rest of the season. This is a critical game coming up. They're all critical, clearly, but at two and three and coming off a really bad loss against Arizona, you want to get back on a winning track as soon as possible. But as far as that long-term status of Jameis Winston, I think the last thing you want to do is is have him get into some bad habits trying to protect his shoulder or throwing a ball in such a way. You played baseball, Rick, and how many times have you seen a guy that had maybe a little bit of arm issues or had a foot issue, and you start altering the way you do things, and it causes a strain somewhere else. That's the worst thing that can happen with Jameis right now is to, to somehow favor it. He threw a ball on Sunday Rick, I swear he threw it sidearm, and I don't know he if did. it was because I don't yeah. know if because somebody was coming in on him or or that was the easiest way to get it to him. But it it seemed to me like he threw it because he was trying to trying to throw it in such a way that he wasn't going to cause any more pain. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. I don't know. Well, I I mean it kind of looked that way live. I don't, I don't know if that was the case, but we do know that. And this is a confusing thing for me because while the doctors have said or at least told Cutter that he can't do any more damage to it. But if you already have a sprained shoulder and you can't throw with velocity, then how does going out there and potentially taking hits on it not give you more damage? It's a weird thing to me. It's like he's hurt and it needs to settle down. You know, the the pain is is, is one thing, the management of that. But how can they be be convinced that he's not going to hurt himself more by playing? I just think that he's never been in a position of not practicing um, you know, Fitzpatrick is here for a reason. He has 116 starts. Why would you then, you know, pressure a guy to play? And I know he wants to be out there, but, you know, he's not going to be very sharp if he doesn't practice. And I, I just don't understand why there would be this, this uh, you know, this urgency to play him if it's going to be short term. If it's going to, you know, I, I, I think that they definitely need to win. And, and he's a better quarterback than Fitzpatrick. But you, you get, you're looking at Jameis Winston not for just the rest of this year, you know, but for the future as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's not the worst thing in the world, Rick. I'm okay if Fitzpatrick has to play a game or two. Is he as good as Jameis Winston like you just asked? No, of course not. If he was, he'd be playing somewhere. But he's not awful. He's good enough to win a game at Buffalo. I don't want him to be my starter for 10 or 11 games, but – if he's my starter for a game or two, am I okay with that? Yeah, I can live with that. And he showed enough on Sunday. There were some bad moments. Let's not kid ourselves. The, the interception down at the end zone was just a horror. As soon as he let it go, you knew it was going to get intercepted. And you can't turn the ball over there, that part of the field. But they're trying to make plays. Overall, it was a decent performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Good enough that 
I don't sit there and go, oh, my gosh, what are they going to do Sunday if they have to play this guy? They've had backup quarterbacks. Rick, you've seen them with this franchise. There are a lot of teams that have to go to their backup quarterback, and you're saying, oh, my gosh, how do we how do we survive this game? I don't yeah. feel that way with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he can get you through a game or two. Well, Tom, they have a chance, and, and that's why he's here, because he's made 116 starts. But that's not to say – um, that that this would be an easy game because you know he went into a game that they were down what thirty one to nothing essentially um, right. before before they finally scored and I, I mean defenses change when you have that kind of a lead they're playing a lot of zone Ryan Fitzpatrick was smart enough to take the checkdowns when he when he needed to he made some nice throws he made a good deep throw to Mike Evans um, he did some nice things and and he put up what thirty three points in the second half. But that's not always going to happen. And, and the other thing point. is, that's a good point. I mean, the other thing is, is that Buffalo now, you know, will be forced to prepare for both quarterbacks, and they are different guys. But they're going to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick and they're going to say, okay, there's a good chance, a chance that this guy may play. Um, Jameis isn't practicing. Let's take away what Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to do. I'm not sure that was the case with the Arizona Cardinals. I think they were out there winging it. I mean, Patrick Peterson didn't play most of the second half. And so it was kind of a totally different defense. But I, I, I'm I, confident that, you know, like most backup quarterbacks, if you have to win one game, maybe he wins you one game. If you're playing three games, maybe he wins you one game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you're, you're not going to win all of them. And so um, it's interesting that, you know, this is a guy that's played for seven, now thrown touchdowns for seven NFL teams. And he, he probably spent the most time in Buffalo and was one of the, you know, one of the guys that they – they signed and and then did become their starter. So there's there's you know sort of some history there, um, different coaching staff and all that. But I mean, yeah, could, you know, the one thing that happens it's interesting on an NFL team is that when you know that you're not going to have your leader, and I mean, Jameis is an emotional leader on and off the field. If he's not going to play, and and they'll kind of know that by by Thursday or Friday, I think. Right. Um, then it's then it's kind of on the rest of the guys to sort of rally around the quarterback. I mean, they know that, you know, Fitzpatrick probably isn't going to beat the Bills by themselves. I mean, there are games where you can say Jameis won this game, right. you know, because he, he just made so many plays uh, or in a two-minute situation, et cetera. But with Fitzpatrick, it's going to take the whole team. It's, it's like you, you got to, you know, the defense has to give him turnovers, has to give him field position. Um, you know, you have to be able to run the ball. The offensive line has to keep him out of third and longs. So in a weird way, it's, you know, it would be on all of the of, of the Bucks, uh, uh various units to kind of support Fitzpatrick if he's not playing. I've spent enough time in that locker room, Rick, and certainly you have more than I. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is very well respected in, by oh, yeah. his teammates. He works hard. He's not a competitor. He is what you everything you would want in a backup quarterback. He mentors Jameis. He tells them, I'm sure, a lot of things about football, and he also tells them where you can find the hot dogs, as we saw during Hard Knocks. <laughs> but he's a guy that you can just tell guys gravitate towards him. They like him. He's very well respected. Let me address something else, though, just to be clear about something, because I've heard, I've heard from some people today say maybe it wouldn't be a bad thing for Jameis to sit for a game and watch what's going on. That, to me, is ridiculous. If Jameis Winston is 60%, I want him out there playing. I don't want to. He doesn't need to be sitting watching. He can watch plenty. You have him watch game film, but this idea that well, he, he maybe maybe just having a week off and have a breather that that's a ridiculous notion, don't you believe? Yeah, I do. And I mean, this is not a fragile guy. I mean, you know, if Jameis throws four interceptions the next week, I don't think it affects him. 
I have seen a sort of a, a resiliency about him that is impressive because look, I, I mean, I've covered plenty of first round quarterbacks and guys, whether we're talking about, you know, going back to Benny Testaverde or Trent Dilfer, um, you know, there's uh, Chris Chandler was here for a bit that they traded a first round pick for. There are players that you do feel that way. You feel like, ah, you know what, maybe you should take a step aside and, and kind of, you know, take the pressure off and see how, see how veteran handles it. I don't feel that way with Jameis at all. And I, and yeah. furthermore, the Bucks don't feel that way. So this notion that, and, and it's been out there sort of, you know, put out there almost as a conspiracy thing that don't you think he could have come back? I saw him throwing in the third quarter. If he's able to play this week, then he could have come back in the game. They probably wanted him to watch. No, Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. Because believe me, and, and I can't, I don't know how plain to make this, but I, you know, I, if you just follow the NFL, the funny thing about quarterbacks that are drafted first overall and guys that, that you have that much belief in, it's not just, you know, the team. It's not just the record. It's not just the 53 guys. You're talking about 20 coaches and their families. You're sure. talking about a GM and his family. You're talking about people that are secretaries to the head coaches. This guy holds the entire franchise in his hands, and so they, they're going to want to give him every opportunity to go out there and fall down, fail, whatever, but at the end of the day, it's going to be his franchise. I mean, that's that's how much they trust him, and I think you know, the, the hard thing will be is, is convincing Jameis if, in fact, he can't make all the throws that you probably shouldn't play this week. I think he's going to want to play. That's a great point, that he will want to play, and you're going to have to sit him down, and hopefully he would care about the team more than he cares about himself personally. I'm sure, though, that he feels like I, I give my I give the the, buck, the best chance for us to win is for, if I'm out there playing. Right. And it's no disrespect to, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's the first time, not the first time that he's had adversity, Rick, but this is another bit of adversity for for Jameis Winston. The team's not playing well. There's a lot. There are a lot of people down on this franchise right now. A lot of people down on him at the moment. He's hurt. I'm curious to see how he reacts to all this. And I'd have a ton of respect for him if he said, you know what, I can't play. Sunday. I'm just too hurt. I'm too banged up. I, I I can't lift my arm above my. I can't brush my teeth or whatever. I would have I would I would have more respect for him um, if he if he realizes I can't give a hundred percent than I would if he went out there and tried to play and clearly was less than fifty percent. You know. Well, consider that he essentially took himself out. I mean, he went back That's out there true. two more series after he was hurt, and he completed his first three passes, and then. Uh, after that, he decided that, you know, I don't have enough juice on the ball. So I don't think he's going to hurt his team. I think he'll know if he can't make the throws on time that he's not going to play. But having said that, I mean, you know, Jameis is one of these guys that's, that, you know, it, he truly believes that he gives them the best chance to win. So you might have to sit on him a bit. Um but at the end of the day, he's still your quarterback. He's still, you know, they are, Tom, let's just cut to the chase here. You know how lucky they are today? Do you know how lucky they are that the MRI didn't come back and say you need, you need surgery, that, you know, you tore your labrum or that, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, you're out for the year? I mean, consider how dark it would be, you know, for Dirk Cutter, for, oh uh, for everybody, for every Tampa Bay fan. I mean, no matter how much faith you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're not getting to the playoffs with him. 
You're just not. Your team's no. not good enough to do that. And he's probably not good enough at this stage in his career, even though two years ago he did a nice job with the Jets. I just think that when you look at the landscape of the NFL, and this is the thing that, that probably struck everybody, um, not knowing today what, what the result of the MRI would be. And I know people were optimistic. But it just as easily could have come back that <clears throat> Jameis Winston out for the year. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about today if that's the case? There is one Season, player. Season's over. Season's over. Yeah, season's done. Make make plans yeah. for January because they're not going anywhere. And, you know, it is it is literally I think I mean I, I mean I wrote today it's like, you know, it's every day in the NFL if you have a franchise quarterback or just a quarterback that you like or in general you think you can win with, you know, I mean, you're playing Jenga in an earthquake with this guy. I mean, you just – anything – the smallest thing can knock your entire season off, like done. Does anybody think that the Green Bay Packers are going to win the NFC uh, oh, North no. right now? No, no, absolutely Does anybody not. think that even if they were – even if they did that, even if – let's say that Hunley does a great job and somehow they will their way to one more win than everybody else, are they going deep in the playoffs? No. Does it matter? No. No, no. Absolutely. and that's and that's the thing. It's like the Bucks are so fortunate right now, and yet the next week it could happen. It could happen the week after that. I mean, Jameis has been durable, and the great ones are. You know, Peyton Manning missed one season; he had neck surgery. Brett Favre never missed a play. That's a freakish deal. Um, Dan Marino didn't miss many games. John well, Elway didn't. Some of those guys you mentioned, oh, Rick, you could understand how they never got hurt. Not that they, they weren't tough guys, but they were smart enough to get rid of the football. This is one thing, Jameis, the that play is, that he got, the play he got hurt on, Rick, yes. was a play that he probably should have given up on. And yes. you've been harping on this for two years, and you've been asking Dirk a ton of times about he doesn't know when to give up on a play. And there's part of that is admirable, and part of it you just want to shake him and say, look, man, this could go south in a hurry if you get hurt. Well, think about it. There's been other quarterbacks like that, right? Big uh, Ben. Ben Roethlisberger took yep. a million hits in the face, some on a motorcycle, but nonetheless <laughs> took a million hits in the face. Um, Cam Newton. What are they yes. doing with Cam Newton? You know, they, they draft Christian McCaffrey. They want – quick throws, outlets to him, so that he's not taking those hits. They complained to the officials that, you know, he was taking too many hits and, and, and late hits. And so, and I've, I've talked to Dirk about this, and, and frankly, I've, talked, I've asked Jameis about it. It's like, you have to understand that the value of one play uh, or the risk of making one play and, and making something out of nothing is not worth not being there every Sunday for your team. And that's part of quarterbacking. That's part of being a franchise quarterback is understanding that your value to the team is too great to take those kind of risks where you're going to get hit. And, you know, yeah, will there be plays where he won't give up and make make an unbelievable play and maybe win a game? There will be. And you want him to do that. But more and more often you want him to not put himself in harm's way. And I felt like, and you probably did too because you mentioned it, that he exposed himself to exactly what happened to him on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I understand what his thinking was. They're losing, I believe it was 14 nothing. I want to say it was 14 nothing, sure. or at least. It's third it's, down. It's third down. They're trying to make a play. It feels like, boy, if we don't score on this drive, we're, we're now we're in serious trouble losing this football game. It's a game we can't afford to lose. He's probably looking at it as saying, this is a risk we were playing. It's worth it at this point. I got to make a play. We need to win. I got to make, make a play. A play. 
but it, it's it's a wonder it hasn't happened already, quite frankly. Not yes. many players play 37 games in a row, start 37 games in a row. You go through the NFL, pretty rare for a yep. starter to start 37 games. And and for him to have gone that long without getting hurt, and he's taking some shots, Rick. You and I, oh, a year yeah. ago in Arizona, we saw it. Well, but, we saw it. Remember the one game? <laughs> I won't get into what happened after the game, but the one the one game, I mean, the one game he didn't finish. Um, right. that they did take him out of. And, and we, we got on Dirk Cutter about him staying in the 40-7 to game in Arizona last year. But they took him out of a game where he took a shot right on the knee. Yes. And for all the world, trainers were looking at that knee. So, you know, he's been here before and he's managed to dodge it. They have a lot of problems right now, Rick. They have some problems on offense, clearly. They have problems on defense. And I don't mean to single out one guy. Because there are Why plenty not? of guys. Well, Why not? Well, I'm going to. I don't. <laughs> I, I will get. I to don't it mean actually. to, but here it comes. But yeah, no disrespect, and then you say something that's like totally disrespectful. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, the third, last year's first round pick, Rick, cornerback out of Florida, of course. Rookie season was pretty decent, I thought. Obviously, looked like a rookie at times, but not bad. Got better as the season went along, I thought last year. So high hopes coming into this season. And he's on a bad run of games right now, Rick. Really, if you go back to the Minnesota game, he was awful. Didn't look good at all. Mm, Giants game was okay. Patriots game, not so good. And then awful again, Sunday in Arizona. You asked the question, I believe, or somebody asked the question of Dirk Cutter today. How concerned about Vernon Hargraves? And he didn't he didn't mince any words, did he? Vern is uh, Vern is not in a in a very good streak of games right now. And uh, you know, we we asked Vern to be. Uh, to be more aggressive this year and to be more aggressive with his coverage. And he started out doing that, started out doing that in OTAs and training camp. But, uh, you know, he, he has not played his best football these last three games. No, he said he's extremely concerned. And that's, you know, uh, that that's not what you want to hear from your head football coach about a, 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 for a first-round pick. I mean, a guy that, you know, they were counting on not just to be a starter but to dominate. And he was a ball hawk in college. Look, last year, the first eight games, he was terrible. He was terrible. Right. And and I know Mike Smith stood up there last week because I asked him. I said, "Hey, what's up with Vernon?" This was a week ago. You know, he he played awful against Minnesota. He played much better against the Giants because Grimes was on the field. But he just he he did. He played better. And then, you know, he he went out there against New England and he was terrible again. And I, and I was like, are you concerned about this guy's, you know, just up and down, I mean, at, at best? And he kind of made excuses for him, quite frankly, and I was disappointed. I mean, I, I know no coach wants to really just necessarily try a guy in the media, unless your name is Dirk Cutter, and then you have no <laughs> trouble doing it. Because he's done it to Jameis, and he did it, yes, you know, he did it to uh, Vernon Hargraves. And I think it's good. I think, you know what, there's nothing he's not going to tell us that he hasn't told his players. He put him on blast. And Vernon Hargraves has not only not made any plays, they're lighting him up. They're yeah. looking for where they're he going is. Going after him, yeah. His coverage is soft. He's not competing for the ball. They're completing everything on him. He's made a couple tackles on some screen plays. But your job is not just to tackle. I mean, you have to tackle in this defense as a corner. How about you get up in some receiver's face and you take the ball away or you knock it away? Instead of, you know what, it's third and 12, and I'm gonna, I'm, my drop's going to be 16 yards. Oh, there's the sticks. He caught it, first down. 
You can't play defense that way. They need him to be an impact player. You're not drafted in the first round. It's a nice story, right? Went to Florida, from Tampa, comes back home, all that stuff. And I'll be honest with you, man, just I hate to judge guys by, you know, sort of the way their demeanor is because Vernon, Vernon's just a, a, a happy guy. I mean, he's just a right. kind of happy-go-lucky dude. But, you know, maybe this is just like the fan, and I hate being like a fan, but it's like you kind of, after you get your, your butt handed to you, you, you kind of like to see a, a guy after the game a little bit more introspective than what mm-hmm. you witnessed from Vernon Hargraves. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of felt like, hey, what are they serving for the team meal on the way home from the plane? I mean, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I did a double take in myself in the locker room. I did, I did a double take and I heard, I saw somebody look sort of clowning around. I mean, they weren't laughing loud or anything. And I turned around no, and, said, but- and I said, wow, that's Vernon Hargraves. I, I, the same thing. We, you and I hadn't talked about this. The same thing struck me. I and and I know everybody and, handles games differently and they handle losses right. differently. And I not everybody's supposed to go in there kicking garbage cans and turning over things, right. turn over training tables. But yeah, I'm with you on that. And I'm the last guy because I, I like I hate it when people go, Did you see that guy after the game and he got his butt handed to him and then he's shaking hands and posing for pictures and changing jerseys with and my thing is the game's over. They can't right. change the result. What right. do you want them to do? They know these dudes you know, they're, they're all in the NFL. It's a fraternity. And so part of me is like, I'm being really unfair here. I feel yeah. like I'm being really unfair. And I'll say that, Vernon, I'm being totally unfair. But you know what, dude? It's a bad look. It's not coming from me. Yeah. It's yeah. coming from your head coach. Well, that's the interesting part, me. Rick, because you he was asked, Dirk Cutter was asked, well, is this just a, a crisis of confidence type of thing with, with Vernon Hargraves? I don't think it's a confidence thing, but uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. It's not about a guy who's uh, who needs well, he's good, got lots of something confidence. good to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just that he's not going out and making plays. You mentioned that the first half of last year he wasn't very good. I'll give him a pass on that because the entire defense was lousy the first half of last year. But – yeah, he's, but you reg- know what? he's regressed this year is the problem. He has. And here's the thing. No matter I mean, and, and some of this was in the first half. He's the only corner in the NFL last year to have over a thousand yards thrown on him. That's a wow. lot of yards. That dude. is. Because if a guy just think about that, if a receiver catches the balls for a thousand yards, well, he's an like, all pro. We're celebrating. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're like, that's what you want. So he's imagine Mike like he's Antonio Brown. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to have one corner get get thrown, and I understand the other guy's good, but the other guy, I mean, Brent Grimes is a freakish athlete, right? He had another interception. You were on the plane ride home with Miko. She had the Miko, ball. Miko, she had the ball in her lap. It's wearing awesome. A, wearing like a jam, wearing jammies. <laughs> She's like that had is, like flammable bucks jammies on. Can I just tell you, I a selfie on that. I like Brent Grimes a lot. I like He's that a stand-up guy a dude, lot. Man. He is. Stand-up yeah, guy. after the game on Sunday, yeah. he was stood there and talked and talked about how they got their rear ends kicked in. They got to be better. You can't spot a team thirty-one point lead. I like everything about the guy. 
Everything yeah. about him. Yeah. And you feel like he does his job. You know, that's right. the biggest thing you like is that not the biggest guy, certainly not the youngest guy, the mm-hmm. best guy they have at in the defensive backfield. Period. And you know, look, he, there's you know, <laughs> it's the old you know. Success has a thousand fathers, right? And failure is an orphan. Look, Mike Smith, I I gave him all kinds of love earlier this season. I said, look at the last nine games or whatever they played after they beat Chicago. And they're one of the best defenses over that span, bar none. I mean, just they're doing top five stuff. How do you ride the roller coaster? And I understand that. Levante's in his first game back, and and Beckwith is, you know, still a rookie, which I I think it's phenomenal what he's done. And I know they were playing a motivated Adrian Peterson, and, and guys just lost their gaps and they, whatever they tried to do too much. But man, how do you give up thirty one, or you know, unanswered? Like that that should that's not it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, and the way the and, Cardinals came out, too, it was like, here, we're going to feed the ball to Adrian Peterson. Yeah. And it was just eight yards, eight yards, 12 yards, six yards, eight Did yards. Did that shock you? Did that surprise you? Shouldn't have. You, you shouldn't have. Shouldn't have surprised Didn't surprise me. No. They, they got the coin toss and they said, we're not deferring. We want the ball and we're going to set the tone right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and Dirk says, hey, we didn't tackle well. Or, hey, you know, we need, you know, when you're the free man in, in the secondary, you need to make the tackle. Well, I got news for you, man. You need more than one guy to bring down Adrian Peter. You know, there's just you're not going to bring him down with a safety. Well, it's not good when your safety's leading the team in tackles, and I think right. that's what happened. And all your DBs too. Yeah, all your DBs were leading the team in tackles. I mean, it was pathetic. Good. What do you do? What do they do to fix Hargrave though? How, how do you fix that? You beat him up like yeah. he's doing right now. You beat him up, and if he has any pride at all, how would you feel when your boss calls you out like that? No, it'd be awful. I mean, yeah. he's going to pick up the paper tomorrow and go on internet or whatever. Guys were calling him out on Twitter today, and he was responding. Yeah, and he oh. went not in a good way. Like he was like, "Oh, do you play? In, do you play in the league? You know what I mean? Like, hey man, pull up, dog. I got you know. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, just, I'm not a chef, but I know if a steak is lousy or not. That's <laughs> right. That's you know, right. So. These these are paying customers, man, and you didn't do your job. You know so. I would just say that if your head coach is telling the world that he's extremely concerned, you might want to take it a little more seriously. I saw a note. Did you see Peter King's? Uh, I don't. I don't know why this just popped in my head all of a sudden, but I saw Peter King's Monday morning quarterback, and he was, I guess, at six eighteen on game day in Denver. You know who was showing up for work? Akib Talib at six eighteen in the morning. He goes, "I work too, dog." I guess he gets there at the same time as the quarterbacks do, but maybe that's what it's really? going to take for for Vernon Hargraves to to uh, to get. Well, I got to get I got news for you, man. You ready for this one? Yeah. How about if I gave you this one? The Keeb Talib Hall of Famer. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. No, I look don't. At the, go look at the number of pick sixes he has. He's and tell me who he, plays who he is really good, and who he compares to. Yeah, no. It's crazy, right? Yeah, no. Hey, Rick, looking around the uh, NFL a little bit on Sunday. Big news, obviously. Uh, Packers lose Aaron Rodgers for the Ugh. season. I got to tell you, I wasn't crazy about the hit. Anthony Barr, the Vikings, tackled Rodgers to the ground after he threw a pass. I'm not going to go as far as to call it a dirty hit. I don't think he was trying to hurt Rodgers, but I thought he could have held up. I, Rodgers didn't like it, and I can understand why. 
Packers are in trouble. We'll get to that in a minute. Did you? What did you think of the hit? Because I, I didn't like it. I just think that I don't know how you stop these guys from putting the quarterback down on the ground. Yeah, I guess. And, and I mean, you know, sometimes, and I've seen this, I mean, the, the kind of injury he had, the, the first reaction is to, is to stick your arm out and try to brace your fall, mm. you know? And when you do that, I've seen quarterbacks do exactly what happened to him. I've seen Tony Romo do it. I saw Trent Dilfer do it. Um, I, you know, it, it, it it's, look, it's football. You're going to get hurt. And, and unfortunately, think about the players that this league has lost, right? Not just quarterbacks, but, you know, whether it's J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, um, Julian Edelman, uh, you know, I mean, that's not good for the NFL. And it's really not good to lose quarterbacks. And I think that's why they've gone out of their way, I think, to protect them. I just don't know how you can keep them upright unless you put a flag on their on their on their belts. I've heard this play talked about all day on the sports shows, and everybody says the same thing you do that it's a football play. Like I said, I thought Anthony Bark. It was clear that he had thrown the ball already, but again, it wasn't the dirtiest play I've ever seen. It wasn't like no. he was going after the guy's knees or something. The guy, it's a football play, he gets hurt. They're in trouble. We talked about it a few moments ago. Brett Hundley takes over. He's a fifth round pick out of UCLA. Uh, they have no intention, apparently, of signing Colin Kaepernick. At least that's what Mike McCarthy, their head coach. <laughs> okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be, okay? We're fortunate to have a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. We're committed to the path that we're on. Oh, really? Said, yeah, wait, no, wait, stop. <laughs> Newsflash. They have no – hey, I got news for you. Colin Kaepernick is accusing the NFL and has filed a suit, I believe, a lawsuit for collusion. You know what that means? That means no he, ain't, he ain't never working the NFL again, dog. Probably if there was, not. If and here's the any, thing. And he knows I, it. I, I he believe knows him. it, and that's believe, why he filed it. I believe there are teams that aren't signing him because of that, and he'll never be able to prove it. It's, no. that, that's where he's at right now. And I haven't even figured out, like, do you got to prove that more than one team or all of them? I think you'd have to prove all of them, and there's just no way to do that. And Because here's, here's the number one reason why people say that has nothing to do with it, because they're currently employing players who are kneeling for national anthems. Uh, Michael Bennett still has a job. You know, there are guys around the NFL who – Mike Evans had a job after kneeling down. Deshaun but Jackson did, had a but job. But he did start all that, though. Right. But to say that, well – You'd have to give a reason why they're colluding against me. Well, it's because I kneeled down for the national anthem. And they can say, well, look, we were, other owners have employed guys who, who do that. So that's not. But what, you, what quarterbacks have they employed? That's true. That's true. I mean, does, doesn't the quarterback, the face of the oh, franchise. I, I, I 100% believe that there are teams out there who refuse to sign him because of the headache that he would, they think he would bring and the backlash that they would get from a lot of their customers. But I just don't think he'll be able to prove it. But as far as the Packers are concerned, Rick, I just I can't see them going very far with Brett Hundley at quarterback. Can you? No, well, I'm look. He's well trained in that system. It's not like this is his first year. But I think that the opportunity now is there for Minnesota and Detroit. If you're going to get the Packers, you got to get them without Aaron Rodgers. And so I think you know both those teams are capable. It it's it's hard to believe that Case Keenum. Is going to win a see now a I'm changing my mind title. again now I'm back on the backers bandwagon but, because but, I'm looking at those other two teams and I'm not sold on either one of them but they're but they're so finding well. a way to do it I yeah, mean both are. of them although Detroit you know of late has stumbled and I think Sheesh, yeah you know that Matthew Stafford is hurt um, number one but it's a wide open division I mean who knows maybe Chicago that runs the ball 55 times a game 
they may end up in in the damn playoffs. Who knows? But it's yeah, open. Let me ask you about the Falcons. Falcons. I want to hit a couple other games with you on Sunday that that stood out to me. Falcons yeah. lose at home uh, to Miami. I was really a high on Atlanta all season, early in the season, called them the best team in the NFC. And the whole time you were tapping the brakes on this team, you really weren't sold on them from the start of the season, were you? Well, I just think it's hard, you know, to follow up what they did. And, you know, they have a, a different offensive coordinator. That, you know, their defense, they've collapsed down the stretch, and they've done it on both sides of the ball. I mean, Miami was down 14 to nothing. And, you know, what happened was the Dolphins just decided to start running the ball right through them. I mean, Atlanta's never been a great defense. They were functional last year. I think that their offense was so explosive that they got on top of people. And it's a lot easier to play defense when you're one dimensional and you're trying to come back. And we saw that with Arizona yesterday, although they gave up all those points in the second half. But it's just you don't have to worry about the team's not going to run the ball. So, you know, yesterday, I mean, the, the Dolphins just, just ran it right at them and came back. And we've seen these collapses down the stretch. If you think about the Atlanta Falcons and the games they did win with two drops on the goal line by Chicago, you know, I mean, they've been very fortunate. Detroit was um, driving at the Detroit, end of that game. Should I mean, they, they had to go to a yeah. replay review. It looked like for all the world he was in the end zone. Yeah. So I mean, they could easily have a you know a, a very buck like record right now, and they're fortunate to be where they are. You know, to me, the best team right now is Carolina in the NFC South. Although, did you see what what I mean? New Orleans got in a crazy game. Yeah. I think they had two or three defensive scores. Yep. But all of a sudden, the Saints look like. Maybe they could make a run at this thing. That's why I'm looking at this division with the Bucks now. And for the start of the season, I thought New Orleans was their last place team. They're a six win team. No, they they clearly look much better than that. There's a uh, there was there was a game yesterday, Rick. I have my opinion on this. I want to hear yours first, though. Steelers go into Kansas City. They beat the Chiefs. Big games for Big Ben. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, all huge games. First loss for the Chiefs, and this is coming a week after we all thought Ben Roethlisberger was done. Ben Ben Roethlisberger thought Ben Roethlisberger was done. <laughs> so what what is, does this game say more about the Steelers or more about the Chiefs? What's the takeaway from this game? For you? It says more about the, the Steelers, I think, and that is that Le'Veon Bell is starting to, to get his legs under him, and that's what they need to do. They need to run the ball more. Um, look, Ben – for for the five interceptions and and you know I know what he said after the game I think he was being flippant about it, yeah. um they weren't all on him. That's a heck of a win, right? That's a really good Kansas City team. Look, I told you, Tommy, the Steelers' defense is for real. Mm-hmm. I like their defense, man. And when you can bottle those guys up as explosive, you know, I mean, Kansas City has playmakers everywhere. Um, so that's a that's a statement win, I think. And and Mike Tomlin and, and they needed that, you know, and they got it. And I I it's early in the year, but I think over sixteen games, I I still I'm gonna stick with your Steelers to be a I, really good team in this league. I think the Steelers and the Patriots are the two best teams I think they'll eventually meet. And that's why I think this game was more about the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are a fraud to me. Every year really? I get sucked. Yeah, they, every year I get sucked into thinking they're really good. And then they play a big game like this. They don't go they, deep in the playoffs. We know no, that. And they lose at home. And this is the type of game where I, I like to use it as a measuring stick. I thought, oh, they went to New England. They went to Foxborough. But they how many games are they supposed to win in a row? 
I know. But Before they, you're like sold, 17? Well, maybe 16? if they won some playoff games. You're probably right. Maybe if they won some games in the playoffs at home, I'd feel better about them. But, but they this, weren't going to win every game. They weren't. But this is a game that I looked at and said, okay, prove to me you're a really good football team. I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. I don't think they're they, – if they played New England again in the playoffs, there's no way they beat New England. They just, they just don't. I don't know. I thought this game said more about the Chiefs. But the Stewards, nice win for the Steelers. The mm-hmm. other team, Rick, and I want you to explain this to me. I had this team going to the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm not going to say which team it is. And let me see if you can figure it out. I had this team going to the Super Bowl. I thought that they would score 40 points a game. I liked their quarterback. I thought they had the best young quarterback in the NFL. And their offense now has scored 10, 10, 17, and 16 points in their last four games. You know who I'm talking about? The Oakland Raiders. What the heck the has gone Raiders. on? What's gone? Derek Carr. I know he missed a little bit of time there, but he was back on yeah. Sunday. They lose to the Chargers 17 16. This yeah. this is a franchise is a mess. They're, they've, they've lost four in a row. Yeah, they had some stuff going throwing the ball. And I guess it shows that you need to be more balanced than that. And, and you put an awful lot on Amari Cooper, who's dropped a, a ton of passes. Um, they're just not. You know, there's we're just not in sync, Tom, as Lovey would say. <laughs> and I I don't know what's happened. Um I, I think that, you know, cars you know, they look about the time that the Raiders played the Bucks last year and, and beat them in overtime is when they started to get hot. And yeah. they stayed hot, really hot. I, I liken them to a little bit like New Orleans when you know, there's there's just like a, a switch at some point in the season when New Orleans is good, they just run away from you. And it's right. so much easier to play defense. It's so much easier to do what you want and dictate field position. And we can throw it when we want to throw it. We can run it when we want to throw it, run it. And they haven't done that. And I think, you know, Carr missing time is a factor. His receivers have not played very well. Did I get um, tricked into thinking they were better than they were? Were they, were they uh, not as good? Yeah, well... I don't I think the division is better. I I don't know. I mean it's I don't know why they're not playing as well because I'm a I'm a big car guy. Like I think car is terrific. And yeah. with those receivers, they they I watched them in person. I thought, "Man, you know, if not for him getting hurt, who knows how far they go last year in the postseason." It is a mystery though. I I don't I can't put my finger on it. But they're not, you know, every, and I guess this this is what it proves. Every single year is different. There is absolutely, except for the Patriots, <laughs> well, yeah. no carryover. No, seriously, there's very little carryover from one year to the other. How do you explain that four to five teams that didn't make the playoffs will make it every year? You know what I mean? I'll go, I'll go further than this, Rick. I'll say that it's a week-to-week league. It's not a year-to-year league. It is. A, you're right. There were times, just think about the teams we talked about. Just a moment ago, I said Pittsburgh and New England are the two best teams in the, AFC, in the AFC. And at various points in the last month, we were convinced that, oh, it's over. the Patriots are done. They get they lose on opening. They get yeah. killed on opening night. They're playing the Jets. They're, uh, they're Big Ben, oh, he's done. Mike Tomlin, well, he's about done in Pittsburgh. By the and way, all of a sudden, now, a week later, now everything's great again. You know. By the way, what did you think of that call? That they made on on your boy. Oh, that was awful. Austin, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Jenkins. That's awful. At some point, Rick, and this is, this also goes back to the baseball, the, the baseball play where in the in the Nationals game and the Cubs game where the guy's foot came off the back. That's not what replay was put in place for. 
let's just use common sense. You watch that play, Rick. You've watched football your entire life. That's a touchdown. That's that's all. It's a touchdown every day it's of the week. It's a touchdown today. I even the replay told me it was a touchdown. I don't agree with how they interpreted that to begin with. Well, apparently but, everybody's like a lot of people are saying. Well, they actually got the rule right. It's just the rule needs to be changed. That it was called the, officiated the right way. That's a touchdown. I'm, I'm, that's a touchdown. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was awful. Uh, you mentioned Lovey Smith. We're going to get to Lovey Smith later in the week on one of our podcasts. Oh, are we? <laughs> oh, we are. I'm, I'm going to really? lead the charge. Don't go like, leading the charge. Here's it. Here's here's trivia question. Here's the Jeopardy question. Worst Power Five football team in the country. And the, the answer ever is read what is it, Illinois? A batter, a, a rabbit, or whatever <laughs> it, was, it is. They, they lost at home to Rutgers. We'll talk. Oh, we'll talk my. more about Lovey later in the week. Hey, one last thing, Rick. I wanted to mention before we go today. Uh, Lightning Red Wings Monday. Night lighting went up two nothing on in the yep. first period. Goals by Nikita Kucherov, six straight games. He scored in every game to start the season. He's got seven goals, dude. He's got he's got yeah. Tyler Johnson had the other one, shorthanded goal. They gave up two in the second to tie it, and then who of course scores the winning goal? Nikita Kucherov. They yeah. win three to two. Kucherov, he's now as you mentioned, seven goals. That's second in the NHL. He's tied for third in points with I think he's he's got ten points. Stamkos got eight assists, which is third in the league. Uh, Vasilevsky, he's played every game. I'm yeah, I guessing, was going to say, is there, a, is there a day on this calendar like where he might take one off? Or Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. I, he'll he'll get a rest, I think, Tuesday night. Uh, Peter Budai, I think, will play against the New Jersey Devils. Devils, who I thought were going to be bad this year, actually off to a really good start. Uh, but you man, called it, Rick. You called five it. And five and four. What are they? Four and one? Five and one. They're five, five and one, one yeah. I believe, and, yeah, and you, you said this is like a, a, a different, you know, a different team and a special team. Look, they're not they're not winning two to one every night, but no. I mean they're definitely you know capable of, of of outscoring whoever they play. I, health is a big thing, you know. Uh, you know, you wonder about Vasilevsky, like how much are they going to lean on him this year? Is there going to come a point where they want to give him some days off? Do they they trust Budai? I mean. I don't know, but I'll tell you, they're deep. Um, Stamkos, if, if they stay healthy, this has always been the thing, I think, for the Lightning, but they are loaded. I mean, I I don't – and the teams they've taken down early in the season, if you looked at the schedule and you go, What's wow, so you're going to play Washington and then you're going to play the Penguins and then – St. They, Louis. Detroit's, are, I, I don't think Detroit's a very good team, really. But at, they're, they're at Detroit? To, they're off yeah. to a good start, though. Yeah, and New yeah, Jersey's off I mean, to a good start. Yeah. These are these are heavyweights. These are not, you know, just lightweights. So, I, I mean, they should gain a ton of confidence from this. And it, unfortunately, that the hockey season lasts about 12 or 11 months out of 12, <laughs> it does. I think. It's so long. I mean, I think if you get to the Stanley Cup, you play in August. Yeah. And then you like take it. a month off and you're back. But I, I if you can't get excited, I mean, the, again, how many times have we said this? The Lightning seem to be on the ice and off the best organization in Tampa Bay. And whether you're a hockey fan or not a hockey fan, man, this is, this is, you know, the best time to be a lightning fan. I mean, these guys, you you hit it right on the head, Rick. They're so deep because there's some Kucherov and Stamkos, obviously every night are going to lead your team and Stamkos. What a difference he makes just being out there on the power. play. Uh, And then, 
you know, one night it might be Alex Kalorn has a big night or Braden Point has a big night, and then they disappear for a night or two, and then Chris Kunitz in the third, that fourth line with Chris Kunitz, Kunitz played Kim. really well again tonight no, with Callahan. And Callahan and Paquette, I love that line. And then Tyler Johnson, there's a guy. It's like you almost forget about Tyler Johnson. He had a really good night. Andre Pilat is as good a solid two-way player as there is in the NHL. This is a really good hockey team, and they can even afford – now you can't have Stamkos go down for six months again, but they can afford to lose a guy here or there. And the thing I love defensively – I love this when they play 11 forwards and 7 defensemen because what happened – an example was Monday night. Uh, Sergachev, young kid, only played mm-hmm. about eight minutes. I think Jake Dodgson played about uh, t- uh, 13 minutes, something like that. So they're really managing the time of these young players. They're all getting a chance to play, but they're not over. they're not overusing them. I really like the way this thing's shaking out so far. So the only thing I don't like, the officiating's driving me crazy right now. Too what, many, what's, it's too many plays. They do this every year. They crack down on certain things. This year, holding points of emphasis, right? Yeah, yeah, point, that's exactly holding, uh, hooking, slatting. All of a sudden, there's a new slashing call. Slashing rule, yeah, yeah, and they're calling everything, and it's it, hopefully it'll slow down. They they, they want to set the standard. It slows down, and things start to ease up sooner or later. But it's a bit hard to watch right now, and they and it's impossible for a guy to get in the faceoff circle without getting kicked off. They're trying to fix that, but it's um. So it's a little rough to watch early on. But the Lightning will be back at it on Tuesday night against the Devils. So we'll talk about that on our next podcast. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to our producer, Steve Versnick. Bucks are off on Tuesday. We are not. Rick and I will be back at it. We'll be back here on Wednesday morning, giving you the latest in Tampa Bay sports. Check us out on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast, at NFL Strad, and at Tom W. Jones. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.